Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And last week we asked on our social media for you guys to send in your burning questions. And this week we're here to answer those questions. So we talk about our predictions for the world's team this year, our team predictions for the 2024 Olympics, what we think of Dan Baker, Chelsea Memo, and Alicia Sacramone Quinn's new job at USA Gymnastics, and more. So stick around. But before we get into that, we want to quickly thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. A big thank you to Kathleen R, Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Erica S, Milan W, M, and Derek H. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you all so, so much. And if you're interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, we will have a link in the show notes down below to where you can join and learn more about the perks at each tier level. We appreciate all of your support as always, and we hope that you guys enjoy this week's episode. Okay, so question number one If you were to guess the Paris 2024 team right now, who would it be? So I came up with this list this morning, and I feel like I'm missing somebody. So I'm going to read mine, and then I'm probably going to realize that I forgot, like, a bunch of people. (laughs) I feel like this is a really, really hard question to answer this far out, just because I feel like a lot of the people that are potentially going to be in the mix are still juniors at this point in time. You also don't know what Olympians are returning. It's hard this far out to know injury-wise how people are going to hold up, upgrade-wise who's going to really step up. Like, there's just so many factors that you have to consider, and I feel like this far out, it's so, so hard to make an accurate prediction. Well, just for funsies, (laughs) I have Simone Biles, because I really don't think she's done. Right. Jade Carey, Leanne Wan, Suni Lee... And Connor McLean. Okay. So we do have some similarities in ours. Do you want to go ahead and justify your team and then I can give you mine and justify it? Well, Simone, I think, obviously, she has more left to do. I think she wants to get the Yurchenko Double Pike named after her. I think she's probably just not satisfied with how Tokyo went. Totally. Like, does anybody think that Simone's actually retiring? And the fact that she hasn't really acknowledged it, she's kind of just... Like, she's saying she hasn't ruled it out. Right. I think coming into Tokyo, the impression was that this was going to be her final go around. But then after what happened and the way things things unfolded in Tokyo, I feel like since then, she hasn't really been as vocal about being done. It's very much just, we're leaving it up in the air. We'll see what happens. Which, like you said, was not the tune that she had initially, which definitely leads me to believe that she's coming back. I think a lot of people online also feel that way as well. I think we're all kind of expecting it at some point. She does have a lot going on right now. She's planning a wedding. Apparently they have a date set, but they haven't announced when that is mm-hmm. yet. But so she does have a lot of things. And obviously she always has brand deals and, you know, right, she's small different miles. opportunities. She's on the Wheaties box. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I'm so, so excited about that because that's like an iconic moment for any athlete to be featured on the Wheaties box. And we haven't had a gymnast on since Nasty Lucan in 2008. Well, on the Wheaties box. Yeah. Yeah. On the because Wheaties then they box. went to... Kellogg's cornflakes, but yeah, it was which to me isn't a special. No offense to Kellogg's cornflakes, but <laughs> well, like, the Wheaties is iconic, you right? Know? It started with Mary Lou Retton back in 1984, and then the Magnificent Seven was on it in '96, and then Carly Patterson and Nastia. So yeah, it was like 
just all through the years, the people that had won Olympic gold were on the front of the box, and then they switched to Kellogg's, which is like, it's cool, but it's just not the same. <laughs> right. And Simone being the absolute legend that she is. She deserves. Like, yeah, she was box. overdue for it, for sure. And little fun fact for those of you who may not know, Ashley actually has a pretty large gymnastics cereal box collection she has every single cereal box i was gonna say it's not just large it's the complete collection the only one and they're all originals too we have the original magnificent seven box the original carly patterson one that's actually autographed we had somebody who followed our blog back in the day send it to us so that was super super nice we have the original 2008 nasty lucan olympic champion the only one that's not original is the mary lou Yes. Because that was in 2012, I think. They did like a, a reprint of some legendary cereal box. Do, do you call it a cover? A cereal box cover? Yeah, I mean, it's the, okay. it, well, it's the front of the cereal box. So I, yeah. My right. brain is wanting to say cover, but then there's also a part of me that's like, it's not a cover. Well, because it's not a book or a magazine. Like, you don't open it. The cover so of the cereal box, though. No? I think that's fine. Like, that works. <laughs> but I think technically, no. Because like I said, to me, the cover is something that opens. It's okay. the front of something that opens. So I would just say like the front of the cereal box. Okay. Well, now I lost completely what I was trying to say anyways. So. <laughs> you were saying that they were redoing the iconic front oh, of yeah, like, yeah. people who have been on the Wheaties box and it's like a like iconic person right, or iconic so they, cover. They basically reprinted. I just said cover. <laughs> okay. It's, all right, you guys. Do you call it a cover or no? Weigh in. Let no, us know. I don't. I don't think you do. Now you just have me saying it because now you have like cover on the mind. I'm blaming this on you. I really don't feel like it's that wrong. Whatever. We're we're going off on a tangent people, now. People understand the point. She was right. on the front of the Wheaties box. It was iconic. And then there was a remake done. You can buy the original box on eBay, but last I checked, it was really, really expensive, which is why we haven't like pulled the plug on that yet. And is it whole? Like, is it together? Like, the cereal's intact? Um, I believe there's both. Like, there's some that are just like flat. Like, the cereal was taken out and you can just buy the flat original because all my boxes are together like yes unopened. i have cereal from 1996 <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone wants to come over um you can spend the night hang out with us we can have some 1996 wheaties in the morning <laughs> some ancient Crust- ancient cereal yeah some crusty 1996 wheaties <laughs> <laughs> so oh if gosh. that sounds appealing to you just um let us know our dms are open hit us up Anyways, Anyways, I don't know where, like, why we even sidetracked on well, that. Well, because we oh, were, we're talking, talking about, about Simone and all the things that she was doing, and then, we, yeah, the Wheaties box. So anyways, <laughs> we think despite all of these things that she's doing, we still think she's going to come back. Yeah, and then... When do you think she'll be back? Let me ask you that. I think I could see her being back competing by next year. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Yeah. I think... I Granted, I don't know when she's getting married. Like you said, she hasn't announced it yet, but I think that sometime early mid next year she's gonna get back in the gym even if it's just on two events like even if she's just doing say vault and floor and she's not doing bars and beam anymore we saw how she came back last time oh my she gosh come back so easily yeah so easy for her so like i'm not worried about it at all i'm like i don't know how she's gonna get there but i just know that she's gonna get there right most people they need like at least i'd say a solid two years under their belt before they're actually like in shape and good to go to try and make the olympic team Simone's just in a world of her own. She is in every category. The, the rules never apply to Simone. Right. Simone <laughs> can show up a month before the Olympics, start training, and make the team and win all the golds. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, I think Simone. And then Jade Carey and Suni Lee. 
I think it helps that they went straight from the Olympics to college and they looked so good. It wasn't like they looked like they were tired or they looked out of shape or anything like that. They just kind of stuck with it. And that's something that we haven't seen Olympians and Olympic gold medalists in the past do. Normally they take time off and they take, you know, two years, three years, and they try and come back and it's just a little bit too late and it's usually not a success successful comeback. But with Suni and Jade, I feel like it's a little bit different because... Because they just kept going. They just never stopped, yeah. And they look fantastic right now. And obviously, yeah, anything can happen. But I think if things keep going how they're going now, I can see both of them making it. And then Leanne Juan, kind of the same thing. Even though she wasn't at the last Olympics, she was an alternate. But I think she looks fantastic. Um, Honestly, looks the best she's looked, you know, now that she's in college. And I think she's going to take that and kind of apply some of the things she's learning in college in, in terms of consistency and getting the repetitions under her belt and apply that into her elite career. I'm curious if she's going to train with the Florida coaches or if she's going to go back to Gage. Yeah. That's something that I'm going to be kind of interested to see what she does. Well, it's because she's had success now with both. Right. But she looks great at Florida and I can see her again. You know, if she continues the path that she's on, I can see her making that team. And then Connor McLean, I feel like she's kind of this, at least in my opinion, she's like the star of the squad in terms of like the quote unquote new kids. Yeah. I like feel she's like-, like the current it girl. Yeah. And I'm putting that with air quotes. I think she has so much potential and still has some room to grow and obviously wants to work on consistency and stuff like that. But I think as long as she stays healthy, I can see her, you know, heading down the right path and going in the right direction and making that team as well. So those are my picks as of right now, but I'm sure it'll change a million times before we actually get there. Oh, totally. So I actually have three that are the same as you and two that are different than you. So I have Simone Biles, because like we already talked about, She's totally coming back. She's going to be there. I also have Jade Carey because, like you said, she's continued right on to college gymnastics after the Olympics. She's already been at national team camp and is preparing for this next cycle of elite gymnastics. So She's she ready kind for of, Paris right now. Yeah, like she just never really stopped. And I just see her. I see her body being able to hold up. She's just kind of like sturdy like that. You know how some she's people... She's that way. Some people just don't really seem like they're prone to injuries in any ways because of the way they condition and how strong they are. Don't jinx her. Right. Knock on wood. But I don't know. I just, I have a good feeling about her continuing to be one of the top vaulters in the entire world. Same with Floor. Her bars have improved since going to college. She's an all-rounder. Yeah. So I just feel like I can see her continuing to improve. Yeah. I was just going to say, I can see her being better in 2024 than she was in 2020. Yeah. Or 2021. Same. (laughs) And I still think that her two standout events are going to remain. Like, But if anything, she'll just be better. Like, she'll continue to be some of the best in the world on those two events. And then as an all-arounder, she'll be better than she was last time. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, I see her there. Um, I guess I can maybe... Well, okay, no. I'll keep going down my list and then we'll talk. I have Connor McLean, third. Similar reasons that you've mentioned. I think that she's one of the best all-arounders in the country right now. And I still think that she has a lot of potential and room to grow. Um, She has an incredible Yurchenko double on vault. I think it could easily be a two and a half, an Aminar. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, it's it's so easy for her. And she said that she's working the Aminar. Like, that is her goal to get that vault. Yeah. Which is just going to make her even more competitive and, quote-unquote, money for Team USA. Right. She's also... Money. Um, 
money on Beam. One Ugh, of the best. The beam workers, not only in the United States, but also, I would argue, in the world. Haven't quite seen her hit her potential on the international stage just yet, like at the World Championships, for example. But gosh. She wasn't able to make the event finals, but it's coming. That Beamer team from Winter Cup 2022 was perfection. Yeah. One of the best, most confident Beamer teens. And coming off of one of the hardest years of her life with... You know, her grandma and her father passing away, not really having the best performance at the World Championships, switching gyms and all of that. Yeah, she had a lot, a lot. Kind of trying to go for Tokyo and then it all kind of all became too much. She was dealing with injuries. I mean, she just had a really hard year. Like everything that could possibly go wrong, I feel like went wrong for her. Yeah. And she's just on like this redemption tour that I just feel like... We saw a glimpse of it at Winter Cup, but I'm really excited to see this season that's about to happen. Just how much she really blossoms. Right, to think about just how hard the year was and for her first meet back. Her first, well, I guess technically it's not her first senior meet. It was her first senior all-around meet and to have her do as well as she did. And that wasn't even with full difficulty. Like, she didn't do her last pass on floor and she messed up on bars a little bit. Although she held on, like, she didn't actually fall off bars, which she was very proud of when but I talked But she has her. a lot of work to do on bars like she needs to upgrade that dismount she was doing like the double pipe which is not it's not usual well you don't see it a whole lot but I also feel like for somebody who is you know in contention for being one of the top all-arounders in the U.S. and again also potentially in the world I feel like that level of difficulty needs to be just a tad higher on that event I hate to see see that hold her back you know yeah she did say that she was planning to upgrade it so fingers crossed that was back in when was it that I talked to her? Was it, it was a couple weeks after Winter Cup. Yeah, so it was right after Winter March, Cup. March, April. Yeah, so fingers crossed we see an upgrade there because I agree. I think she kind of needs something a little bit more difficult to be in contention. Who else do you have on your team? So my fourth person is Jocelyn Rapperson. Okay. I feel like she has been the alternate so many times that she's entering not only this year but I think the seasons ahead with this level of confidence and just like I don't know if I want to use the word like aggression for some reason aggression was the first word that came to my mind I don't know if that's like quite the the word that I'm trying to use but I just feel like she wants it so badly and she's working so so hard she's training all of these amazing upgrades I just feel like she is priming to peak at the right time. Like, she's not going to be, you know... She, first of all, she was a standout junior. But coming into the senior ranks, it's a it's a bigger field, a more competitive field. And she didn't really, like you said, she didn't really quite get the experience that I think she was hoping for in her junior career in terms of international competitions and competing with the most consistency on those big stages like the U.S. Championships and Classics and all that. Right. So I wonder how that's going to translate now that she's a senior heading into this U.S. Championships. This will be her first one, obviously as a senior and Winter Cup wasn't her best but again I just think that she has so much potential um so many upgrades that she's working she's somebody that's kind of always been in the mix for me yeah and whether it's the world championships this year or next year making that team is always going to be super difficult and super competitive but I feel like her time is coming uh-huh. um and I feel like she has enough time before the 2024 Olympics to not only get that experience at the senior level but also to work on her consistency put in some of those big upgrades work on her bar routine mm-hmm. I think bars is kind of her weak event that may potentially hold her back in some ways um I think that she has a lot of time 
to work on all those things and really pull it together to be ready for a spot on the Olympic team. I don't know. I just have a good feeling about Jocelyn. Well, I like that you said that because obviously we are big fans of Jocelyn. I have a soft spot for her. We've been a fan of Jocelyn Robertson since she was a fetus doing standing foals. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We love her and I want her to make it so badly. She is so, so good. Yeah. I think my prediction is just based solely off of right now how people look or, you know, obviously Simone's not competing, but we've already explained. Like, you can just trust. You can trust Simone. Um, I'd want to see, I want to see how Jocelyn does this year in her first year as a senior. Oh my god, she's going to eat. I can just tell. I I like the confidence that you're manifesting good things for her. So I I like that. I'm sure she appreciates it. I feel like for this Olympic team prediction, way too early Olympic team prediction. Yes, I was looking at what's going on right now, but I was also trying to look at the potential of people, um, including some people who are currently juniors, but will be senior for the Olympics. Um, so I have a dark horse for my fifth spot. Okay. And I don't think it's going to be anyone that you're expecting. <laughs> Most people won't because I feel like it's someone that not a lot of people have really taken note of yet because it's so hard to watch juniors. So a lot of people don't really get the chance to see. I know who you're going to say because you were watching her floor routine earlier today. Who? Ella Kate Parker. Actually, no. no? I, w- I was watching her floor routine too. Okay. Um, who then? Tiana Samanaskira. Really? Yeah. Okay. She's my dark horse. I really, really like her. And I think that she's somebody who's flying under the radar because, like I said, she's a junior. And it's, like, super impossible to watch juniors unless you're paying for, in the past, it was flow. And now it's flip now, which I still don't know how I feel about. But we'll talk about that at a later time. (laughs) Yeah. So I just feel like, you know, we're not, a lot of these juniors aren't getting some of the hype that they deserve. But Tiana Samantha deserves hype. She's incredible. Her beam amazing she's an amazing beamer um but i also think she has a lot of potential as an all-arounder too and actually this year she competed in two international assignments and she killed it so city of yesalo trophy she got first with the team first all around first on vault first on beam and first on floor so she basically dominated that competition in the junior division of course and then the dtb cup in stuttgart germany she got first with the team first on vault and second on beam so she's Getting that experience as a junior. She's going to be somebody that I think people, like you said, they're not thinking about her right now because she's a junior, but just wait until she gets on that senior stage. She's She's so good. She's going to kind of feel like she's coming out of nowhere maybe to some people. Yeah. But I agree. I think she could surprise people and really make a push for that team. And so what I did was, and this is not something that you did, so maybe I'm just like here to one-up you, because I actually did my qualifications and like where I would have people in the lineup for oh, each event. Because okay. I'm yeah, really trying to, I'm really trying to make the case for my team and why I think it's right. Okay. My my <laughs> case was just straight up my opinion. Yeah. So. It's just a feelings team. Take that. This is a feelings team too, but here's how I think it would work out. Vault, you would have Jocelyn Robertson, Connor McLean with her Aminar that I'm manifesting that she's gonna have. Jade Carey, Simone Biles. So that's your four that would go up in qualifications. Okay. Team finals, eh, I don't know. Well we we could talk about that. As long as <laughs> You can, you can make your own assumptions about who's Yeah, as long as you have the four for qualifications, you're good. Right. Uneven bars, full disclaimer, I think this event is way weaker <laughs> than the other events, but it's fine because I think that the other events are going to make up for it, so we don't need to talk about how weak this uneven bar team is, potentially. Tiana Samantha-Sakara, Connor McLean, Jade Carey, and Simone Biles would be your four up. Which it's not that Jade Carey and Simone, and even Connor or Tiana, they're all good on bars, but it's not like their best event, yeah. if you feel me. Like, there's no Olympic gold medalist on bars in this group, and I understand that may be a problem. <laughs> it's not your strongest bar team, but 
the way that they make impacts on vault, beam, and floor, we're just going to overlook it, okay? Because <laughs> on beam, listen to this beam lineup. We have Jocelyn Robertson, Tiana Samantha-Sakara, Connor McLean, and Simone Biles. That is literally all, like, killer. Start to finish. All of them capable of being Olympic champion on beam. <laughs> like, tell me I'm wrong. I, this is a killer I, beam lineup. Hurry up and finish yours, because I'm going to go back and say mine, and my team is going to be better than yours. Okay, then on floor, we have Connor McClain, Jocelyn Robertson, Jade Carey, Small Biles. Like, don't tell me that's not a fire floor lineup. It's fire beam lineup and fire vault lineup. It's good. Bars may be weak. Listen to me. But we're going to be okay. It's good. But if you go with my team, you're going to be more well-rounded on all of the events, and you're going to be just as powerful. So let me give you my breakdown. Vault. We'll go Simone Biles, Jade Carey, Suni Lee, and Connor McLean. No, I said that wrong. Simone Biles, Jade Carey, Leanne Wan. I would put Leanne. I was gonna say, I'm like, you have Suni in your ball. I have no, no shade to Suni, but I'm no, like, no, no, no. I didn't mean to say that. I don't have this in order written down, so I'm just looking at my list. Simone, Jade, Leanne, and Connor on vault. Okay. You have some solid doubles and some solid aminars. Okay. Minus, or some solid Yutenko double pikes. Mine is still better, but okay, go off. Well, how about this bar lineup? We're going to have Connor McLean, Leanne Wan, Simone Biles, and Suni Lee. So much better than your team. Yes, I'll give you that. Your bar your bar squad is going to eat mine up for Beam, sure. Beam, we'll have Simone, Leanne Wan, Suni Lee, and Connor McLean. That's a very solid, experienced beam lineup. And then floor, we're going to have Simone Biles, Jade Carey. We have two Olympic champions in our lineup. Okay, I hit that in mine too. <laughs> Don't act <laughs> Did I think you have Leanne something on We have, well, I guess you could do, I don't know if you do Suni or Leanne, because Leanne's a silver medalist on floor at Worlds. Suni's also good on floor. Or Connor McLean. I can't decide between those three right now. <laughs> but you have options. Okay. Okay, yeah. we need to move on to another question, because we're 22 minutes into this bitch, and we're still only one question in. Okay, send us a DM, let us know whose team you like better. Yes. And also give us your predictions for your team. Yes, please do that. Okay, question number two. What do you think about who USA Gymnastics hired to lead the women's team? So before we give our opinions on it, Brittany, why don't you just kind of give us the rundown of who was hired and what their job is. Yeah, so USA Gymnastics has created this new, I don't know if you want to say, like, system for how they're going to operate. So instead of having one person in charge, like in the past, it was, uh, well, Bella Crowley, Marta Crowley, Taryn Humphrey, wasn't she, what, we're talking about... (laughs) she's on the selection panel that's not what i'm talking about but okay okay um i'm talking about people who would be like in charge of like selecting teams yeah taryn humphrey was was okay what i'm talking about is like marta crowley was like the head bitch yeah Valeria Liukin was like the head bitch. Bello Caroli also technically, even though he wasn't like the official head he the bitch. Head, he was the head bitch of his time. Yes. You had Valeria Liukin for a hot second. You had Tom Forrester. In the past, it's always just been really Never one. Never <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I thought we were just talking about people that were a part of like the selection process, but like we're. No, I'm not. <laughs> That's Okay. Well, the point is, is that one person has always been in charge. One person yes. has usually had all of the not responsibilities s- with help of other people here and there. Yes. It's not that these people were responsible solely for being, you know, the one that picks the team, but there was always one person that kind of like called the shots, was down on the floor, like the main person. Yeah. Um. Now they have three people all with different roles and responsibilities, which I like. I think it's a good change and it allows the power 
power to be more evenly dispersed instead of having one person that's viewed as superior or the head of the head of it all like please this person or your dreams are over right i think having different roles and responsibilities delegated to different people allows that power to be spread out more and it gives the ability for people to really focus in on that one area where they may have more expertise than somebody else which i think will make usa gymnastics better in the long run yeah i agree more well-rounded so we have dan baker he is the developmental lead so that means he's in charge of the hopes and tops program so helping to develop that next generation um that's a role that he's had previously and i'll be honest with you for a split second when they announced that he was going to be the developmental lead i was kind of like wait who is he because like i knew i recognized his name but i didn't remember like who he was i guess yeah like where i'd heard of him before um so he was the owner of stars gymnastics in houston and natasha kelly was coached under him back in like the 2008 cycle and also when she was a junior but 2008 was her like olympic cycle so that is where i think he's probably most known yeah see i knew who he was but i just didn't really know like what he did yeah or like i guess how people view him you know what i mean like you don't know enough about him yeah like usually like okay like the others chelsea memel and alicia sacramony quinn very well known obviously former gymnast and everybody has opinions on them but dan baker it's very like who are you and like what do you do and yeah how do i feel i think i think there are some mixed opinions on him but also nothing that's publicly at least um super controversial I guess you could say so. I or guess, potentially even unexpected from somebody who's previously had involvement with you as a gymnastics. Yeah, if that I guess makes I, sense. I don't really know what to think of him. I guess we'll see now that he's like officially in this role. I'd be interested to talk to athletes who've worked under him and hear their perspective on what he was like as a coach back then, and even as far as like more recent things. Yeah. Um, because Natasha Kelly, that era was what, like 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see if, you know, the ways in which she's potentially evolved and grown as a coach, as a person, and maybe just hear from some of those athletes, um, like what their experience was with him. Because yeah, I don't know a whole lot about him. To really form an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Chelsea and Alicia, like you said, we have a lot more experience with them. We followed their careers for pretty much the entire time we've been alive almost. Yeah. Um, So tell us Chelsea, what is, what is her role? She's the technical lead. Um, So she's in charge of direct training and skill development at the national team camps. And and she's also the one that's going to be traveling to gyms to give direct feedback. So that's a new role within USA Gymnastics. That was not something that Marta Caroli had done in the past. Tom Forster kind of started to implement that, but he was when also... It was, when it was convenient for him. Right. He was also playing favorites and only going to like certain people's gyms. He would go when he was in the area. So if he was in Arizona visiting family, he would stop by Michaela Skinner's gym. But... Um, a lot of people else around the country right a lot of people had problems with that which I completely understand because it, it almost is like he's playing favorites where he would only go when it was like you said convenient for him or if it was somebody maybe that he wanted to like personally keep tabs on or maybe someone that he personally knew better it seems he knew like he's better pers- it seems like he's personally invested in certain people and I'm not saying that he was but it just seems that he was it just <laughs> 
I'm not trying to get sued here, okay? I'm just saying it, it seems like when you go to certain gyms or when you just pop in when it's convenient for you that you're not actually interested in seeing all of the athletes and helping all of the athletes. You're just kind of interested in what you're interested in, if that makes sense. Right, which is why I think it's important now with Chelsea's role, that's part of her job responsibility, is to visit all of those gyms. She's she's involved in what's going on at the national team camps and making sure that, you know, everyone understands the code of points, that their routine construction is going to maximize their scoring potential. And this is perfect because Chelsea is a judge. She has been for a very long time and I mean, what better person to give technical corrections and let you know, hey, you're not going to get credited for this leap or you need to, you know, make this connection a little bit smoother. She's the perfect person to give you the information and the feedback on what a judge is going to take. Right. And if you're going to get credited for things. And yeah, I think USA Gymnastics needs that because we've seen that in the past where... Especially the last quad, I feel like USA Gymnastics went through like the ringer on the world and Olympic stage because routine composition was not what it should have been. There was deductions being taken for things that probably shouldn't have even been in certain people's routines. Like it was not good in a lot of ways. They need a wise judge like Chelsea Memo. Yeah. I was really excited about her. I don't know about how you felt, but when I saw the announcement, I was so pumped for Chelsea. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Because I think like we just said, the the judging experience is one thing, but she also has that experience being a high level gymnast, being a world champion, being an Olympian. Yeah. And also competing recently. Yeah. This isn't somebody who was competing back in like the 80s or the 90s. Like she was competing last season. Well, and I want to say, I mean, just think about the fact that she made a comeback at the age of 32, after having kids, how great a shape she was in. I fully trust that she's able to develop training plans and give feedback on how to pace gymnasts, how to accommodate things to work around injuries and to make it work for you and your body personally. I think she knows how to train smart. Yep. And it, Really throughout her whole career, I feel like she she trained smart, but her coming back at the age of 32 and looking at, honestly, in better shape than she did when she was like in her prime, yeah. I think really speaks to her knowledge of pacing and understanding the body, the demands that the sport has on the body. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that she's like the perfect person for this role. Yeah. And I think that she's going to balance out Alicia really well, because Mm -hmm. to me, they're like polar opposites, right? Like you have Alicia who is like super outspoken and probably doesn't always say (laughs) the right things, but maybe in some ways feels more relatable, even potentially to the athletes, just in the way that she interacts and the humor that she uses. And I think people could feel comfortable around, honestly, both of them. And Chelsea, though, she's like super well-spoken and like not controversial at all. She's a little bit softer. She's really, really, really respected within the community, with the fan base, with the athletes, with the coaches. Like she's a very highly respected member of the gymnastics community and she has been for some time and she has a really calm temperament and yeah I just feel like her and Alicia in a lot of ways even just personality wise are so different that they could really balance each other out and work well together Mm -hmm. and also you know of course they were 2008 Olympic teammates so they already have some history with working together and being around each other so I do think the two of them could be a really good pair together yeah I was shocked when Chelsea or I mean Alicia was announced because I just wasn't expecting it at all like I feel like it came out of nowhere yeah it kind of did she's like it's one of the last people that I would expect to get a job at USA Gymnastics yeah that's what I was gonna say it seemed like she was 
like done with the elite world and she was kind of focusing on like the NCAA side of things doing commentary and analysis and all of that and now she's back in the elite world and we're kind of like whoa (laughs) okay welcome back so Um, the elephant in the room I think obviously there's some concerns with an incident that happened in the past Michaela Maroney alleged that she when she was in the car with Alicia and she was talking about an incident that had happened the night before where she was given like a sleeping pill by the team doctor yeah and she woke up and um you know realized that she had been sexually harmed and she mentioned that in the car on the way to practice in front of some of her older teammates. At the time, she did not specifically name Alicia, but I think it was heavily implied and later ended up coming out that it was Alicia that she was talking about. Mm-hmm. And Alicia allegedly told her to, um, and this is a this is a quote from Michaela Maroney, so I'm just going to read it verbatim, to shut the fuck up and never talk about Larry like that again. Which obviously, now that she's in a position of power, is a little bit concerning because it makes you wonder if a situation like that were to happen again, how would she handle it? Would she tell them to shut up, don't talk? If if it's somebody who is, you know, quote unquote prestigious or well-known or loved in the gymnastics community, is she going to tell them don't talk about that person that way? That's kind of the, the mindset that I think really made the whole thing with Larry Nasser go on for as long as it did because yeah. everybody was very much like, shut up, don't talk about him that way. This is like this great doctor. You should be honored to work with him. Yeah. Well, that's that's exactly it. People are afraid, rightfully so, that Alicia is going to continue to perpetuate that culture that we've been so desperately trying to get away from for the past, I don't even know how many years at this rate, that's been the culture at USA Gymnastics. And... The thing that's tricky about it is you want somebody in these positions of power who has experience and understands the sport to the fullest extent. But I think the problem is when you bring people who were a part of that culture in any way, whether it was a coach, an athlete. They were um, breeded by the system. Yes. And so that's a fear, which I think is a natural fear for a lot of us as gymnastics fans to have, is... Are they going to be bringing in this win-at-all-costs, hush-hush mentality that quote-unquote was working in the past? And I'm not saying that I believe it was working, but, you know, that was the way that we were all kind of, that was what we were all led to believe. Yeah. That that was what was working and USA Gymnastics was winning and they were dominant. And then, you know, all these years later, we're figuring out just how toxic and abusive the culture actually was and I think when you take somebody who was a product of that environment it's natural to have concerns of you know what their mentality is and what kinds of things they may bring to a leadership position when they have possibly had some of those toxic traits almost ingrained in them from the start if that makes sense I think is what I'm trying to say I think it's hard because Alicia was an adult back then, um, but she was a young adult. And I do know that, you know, not everybody develops mentally, emotionally at the same time, especially when you're in an environment like that. That's super, super strict and laser focused. Well, and also just closed off from the outside world. Like you only know the things that you're being told, the things that you see. And so I think a lot of things become normalized that maybe shouldn't be normalized or they aren't healthy. 
And in, within the context of that environment, it almost seems normal to you. And I'm not saying that it is. Um, but, but that would be my hope You're with saying that years later down the line, you can look back and realize that you made a mistake and you shouldn't have said that. So that's not okay. Right. Because I, what I'm thinking is Alicia was traumatized in ways as well as a product of that environment and that culture. You have to be. Anybody who is an elite gymnast, especially during those years when things were as bad as now we know they were, um, there's no way that she got through that time, that system, without some sort of emotional damage done to herself. That is an environment where fear, guilt, and honestly even ignorance dictates how everybody within that system responded to any allegation of abuse, pretty much anything that was potentially happening, um, whether that was staff at USA Gymnastics, coaches, athletes, they were all kind of immersed in that mentality of like, I'm afraid to say something. I'm afraid of how this is going to impact my future, my job, my career. Yeah. And also, like I said, just the, the sheer ignorance of not knowing any better because you were raised really from a young age within the walls of USA Gymnastics and a lot of things that were really kind of fucked up were normalized. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's not me trying to make excuses for Alicia. That's me acknowledging that she, just like any other athlete who has spoken out about their abuse, whether it be with the former USA Gymnastics doctor or, you know, an abusive coach, whatever it may be, Alicia was also a product of that environment. So, and she was also, although an adult, still a very young adult. Yeah. I mean, not fully mentally developed. I would hope that being removed from USA Gymnastics for some time, she's been able to grow, mature, gain more insight and a different perspective. I think there's there's been room for her to grow, The question, though, that remains to be seen is, will she acknowledge what actually happened? So far, we have not seen that. And I personally think that that needs to happen in order for the fan base to get behind her before the athletes can get behind and fully trust that she is going to do the right things. Because there was a, a press conference that was done recently where she did outline her plan for if that was to ever happen under her, you know, under her care, under her direct supervision, the ways in which she would handle that, which I think is great. Um, right. She didn't, but I think accountability also needs to come with that too. Right. She didn't directly say, she didn't confirm or deny the allegations and that they happened or didn't happen. Um, she basically just touched on what her plan is going forward, which is good. That's important. But yeah. Um, like you said, I think that you need a little bit of both. Whether she did it or not, it'd be nice to have her actually directly acknowledge the allegations along with saying, and this is what I've learned and this is how I'm going to be better. She said in that press conference that if the situation happens again, the first thing she's going to do is report it to authorities, which of course is probably the most important thing that wasn't happening, you know, in the last however many years. There is no, you know, keeping it hush-hush, keeping it internal, investigating it yourself. 
Um, there will be none of that. It'll be reporting it to authorities as that's that's what you should be doing. Right. That should be standard protocol no matter what what organization you are. That yeah. should always be the case. But um, She said that she is going to talk to all parties involved. So athletes, coaches, parents, whoever is involved. Make sure that everyone is on the same page. Everybody is in the loop. And again, just it's, it's not something that they're going to sit on or take lightly. They're going to take action immediately. And that's reassuring to hear. But again, I, I personally would like to see her acknowledge the situation, admit any faults if there were any. Granted, we don't know what's happening behind the, the scenes. We don't know who she's talked to, what she said, if she's apologized. We, we don't know those things. Right. But I think also, though, because we don't know those things, it's still appropriate for media and fans to try and get those answers and hold her accountable in that way until we know, you know, an apology was made privately or a conversation was had privately. I still think that's important for fans and media to know. Yeah. Now, also in that same press conference, she had made a comment about she got drunk before applying for this position within USA Gymnastics. What are your thoughts on that? (sighs) Well, my first thought was that is so so Alicia. So Alicia, yeah. Unprofessional, yes. Yeah. But very Alicia. I would expect nothing less. That's my thought. I think it's funny in the sense that you know, she's just making a joke with the media as if we're all her friends. Right, because, like, let's it's be just honest, that, that is a very, like, relatable thing to say to adults, of course, not right. to kids. Like, if I was applying for a job at USAG Masters, I'd also have to get plastered. Right, like, we we get it. Um, But I think also because she is now in this position and is a role model for athletes and... Um, I don't know. There is a different level of professionalism that's going to that, be expected of her. That is something you say to your friends after the meet when you're in the bar, hanging out. In the, you know what I mean? Just like right. chilling after You a say meet. in like small groups. You say that as a joke, but when you're doing a press conference, your very first ever press conference in this position. Yeah, I, I think that that's something that USA Gymnastics is probably going to talk to her about <laughs> and tell her to tone down the jokes a little bit just because she does have a lot of eyes on her now. And also a lot of people that are going to be very critical not only because of the allegations, but just because it's USA Gymnastics. And we all know that anyone who's involved with USA Gymnastics now is under a microscope. Mm -hmm. And people are very, very critical, as they should be. I'm not saying that as if, like, people are being too harsh. But that's just the reality of it now. Yeah. And um, I think they need to be, they, as in, like, everybody involved with USA Gymnastics, needs to be very careful what they say and what they do and what they put out there. And that is going to be a struggle for Alicia, I feel like, because she is very... Um, very much the kind of person that just says whatever is on her mind. She's very, very frank. Yes. And she is not afraid to tell it like it is. She might be very relatable, but it's just like, you'd you'd have to think of it as like a job interview. Yeah. You know, would you go into a job interview and say, oh, before I applied for this job, I had to get drunk? Right. That's something you tell them like after the fact when you're hired. Yeah. And you like are BFFs with the people that you work with. And then you can be like, yeah, you know, this is how I felt going into the interview. And you can like (laughs) divulge more information about yourself. Yeah. I, again, wasn't surprised necessarily. I personally Um, thought it was funny, but I also understand how it's not funny to people. Yeah. And it comes across a little bit unprofessional and maybe takes away a little bit from what she's trying to do and what she's trying to say. Yeah. So I'm not 100% sold on Alicia, if I'm being completely honest. I am open to the idea of her. Um, I think that she has a lot of great things that she can contribute. Absolutely. We shall see. Yes. I think that there's just going to be 
Oh, maybe a little bit more explaining to do, um, a little bit more, I hope, accountability to really be able to move forward and have the support and the backing of the rest of the gymnastics community, which I do think is important in this day and age. Also, I don't think we ever technically mentioned what Alicia's position was. Um, She's the strategic lead, which means that she is guiding the overall direction and I guess the strategy of USA Gymnastics. And she's also on the selection committee with Tatiana Praskaya and Jesse Dezeal. So that's interesting. So she's working directly with the athletes, but also is in a position to be able to make team selections, whereas Chelsea is not. So Chelsea, you know, she's going into gyms and she's making recommendations and all of that, but she's not actually making any team selections or having any input in that regard, whereas Alicia is with Tatiana Praskaya and Jesse Dezeal. So as far as Chelsea's position goes, I think that's great because it helps her to, or allows her to build rapport more easily with the athletes. Um, And it makes her just a little bit less intimidating, whereas Alicia still kind of may be that more intimidating leader Marta Crowley feel, type role. Feel the need to impress. Yes, because they're going to know that she's involved in that decision-making process where Chelsea is just like there to help you, right. which I think is, is great for the athletes. Um, but again, I think that's why having three different people doing three different roles kind of helps to even things out a little bit, makes it a little bit more fair and allows for different perspectives and experiences that I think ultimately when you combine all of that will make USA Gymnastics hopefully stronger this quad than, you know, the outcome of last quad. (laughs) So moving on to the next question, we have, do you think NIL, which is name image likeness, has affected some programs like in the way of focus and concentration? Um, I think some yes potentially i think it could be a distraction if you if you let it be a distraction um i think it's it's really it depends on the person i don't think it's a a program wide thing right i think it really just depends on the athlete how many endorsements they're getting how many sponsorships and how they balance you got to find that balance of doing brand deals while also focusing on your school and also showing up at the gym there's a lot of things you have to balance. But high-level athletes are used to balancing that regardless. So I would think that for most, it probably wouldn't be a distraction. Yeah. Um, Just because, I mean, yes, it's one other thing that they have to focus on. But I think for a lot of them, that's not the priority. It's something that's a bonus. It's something that comes with, you know, having a large fan base online and getting a lot of followers. I think it's a perk and they view it that way, but it's not like the main priority or the main focus for them, like academics and gymnastics is. Right. I think it's important for, especially the athletes that are a little bit more high profile and they have a lot going on. I think it's important for them to have an agent or somebody who handles, you know, answering emails and handles the contracts and all that. So they don't have to, it kind of takes a little bit off their plate, even in terms of having to like figure out everything and decide things like, the nuances of all these sponsorships and things that these athletes can do. Um, I think it's helpful when you have somebody who can help you navigate that. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is the first season really that we've seen the impacts of NIL. And I just, from an outside perspective, I don't think I've seen any issues with it. I mean, we have some of the biggest names in the sport right now with Suni Lee, Livy Dunn, Jade Carey, Jordan Childs. I mean, there's a bunch of names. You can go on and on. Yeah. And they all had really good seasons. I mean, I think it's fair to say that two teams that probably have the biggest following 
not only just in the gymnastics world, but also when you look at like NCAA, the world of NCAA sports, LSU and UCLA both mm-hmm. did have kind of rough seasons and they do have some of the most followed athletes on their teams, but I don't think that's a correlation between NIL. No. I think that was what was going on internally within the team, the coaching staff, and just all of that. Right. Because it involved UCLA primarily, but then also that athlete going to LSU's team. Yeah, and ironically, those two teams were involved in yes. the incident. But I don't think that has anything to do with NIL. I think I think it's just a coincidence that those happened to be two of the most followed gymnastics yeah. teams. And the, the athletes on those teams tend to have a larger fan base. Right. Like I said, if you look at the most followed athletes, I mean, gymnastics has between Suni Lee and Livy Dunn, two of the most followed athletes in any sport, even yeah. out of football players. Yeah. They are making bank. They are getting endorsements left and right. They're being pulled in a million different directions. And I mean, Livy Dunn isn't an all-rounder, so she's not like in in the rankings as much as you would, I guess maybe as her fans would expect her to be. Right. Because they the, think she's the go. Because the, her fan base is primarily college male. Yes. I feel. Yeah. Um, and they think that she's like an Olympic champion. But <laughs> despite the fact that she's not, you know, an NCAA all-around champion, she's good on the events that she does. She had a good season. She's she's consistent. Um, she contributed more on different events this season than we've seen in the past. Yeah, like she, she did. Four this year, and I would say she had a good season. And she is arguably the most followed athlete. I actually, no, I, I think she, I think she is, is the most. Yeah. Which is crazy that gymnastics has, between her and Suni, two of the most followed athletes. Um, but then Suni obviously had an amazing season. So mm-hmm. I think that if you were to, if you're trying to make the argument that NIL is going to have a negative impact on the mindset and the concentration of gymnasts, um, I think you really just have to look at the ones that it impacts the most and see I how feel they're like, doing. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, granted, I don't know what's going on in, internally and how they feel on a day-to-day basis, but in terms of how they're performing, it seems that everything is fine. They're doing great in the gym. I would imagine they're doing good in school. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to compete. Mm-hmm. So um, things are going well. And again, like I said, I think having an agent and someone who kind of helps you navigate that whole NLI world and um, deal with the behind-the-scenes stuff so you don't have to helps you to focus on the things that matter the most, which is your schooling and then, of course, your gymnastics obligations, which is why you're there. Yeah. I've said this before on the podcast, and I'll say it again here. I think the bigger impact with NIL is on the recruiting process than it is actually on, like, the current athletes and them trying to balance it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we're seeing more athletes wanting to commit to an SEC school because I think the SEC is doing a lot of things right. I think they have, not I think, I know they have bigger crowds. They get more TV coverage. They're promoted differently. Honestly, I would say better on social media. schools are more likely to draw in sponsorships. Right. And a lot of the top athletes are verified. That is not something when you really look at it that... Some of the other top schools, like, for example, Michigan, Oklahoma, um, you know, some of the Pac-12 schools, you, of course, you have people on the, those teams that are verified. But you look at LSU, and it's like they're almost their entire roster is verified. Right. <laughs> like, right, even if there's a girl that only does, like, one or two events, she's still, like, a superstar. Right. There is this level of exposure that you get from going to one of the SEC schools versus going to another top school in a different conference. 
And I think that more schools need to look at what the SEC is doing and try and implement that into their own programs because I think that now with NIL and the opportunity to get more exposure and more brand deals, you have a better chance at being successful at that if that's what you're wanting at LSU, at Florida, at Auburn. Yeah. Really any SEC school, I would say. Um, versus going to, you know, an Oklahoma or a Michigan where the athletes are just not promoted as well. And I think this could be a good tie-in here. I think it's interesting the number of athletes that are transferring to Georgia right now. <laughs> Georgia <laughs> They are, like, pulling everybody. <laughs> Georgia at its worst, you could say. And they have a lot of athletes transferring in. And obviously it's a legacy program. Obviously Georgia has won it the most NCAA titles of all time. I think it's nine, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, Utah is 10, if you count the one that like wasn't an NCAA title. I can't... It was the, before the NCAA became a thing. Yeah, the name of it is escaping me right now. But anyways, Georgia is, you know, one of the most elite and successful programs in history. They've had a really rough decline the last couple of years, but they're getting... Just this year alone, they're going to have a lot of amazing talent on the team next year. And I think a lot of that could have something to do with NIL and just being in the SEC. Yeah, they are crafting. You could go to any school, but you have a team like Georgia who has scholarships open because people have transferred out or fifth years decided not to come back and those types of things. And yeah, it gives these girls an opportunity to compete in the SEC, which can translate into... NIL deals. We, I, we've seen it with Sandra Osadic already. She mm-hmm. came from Ball State, which is the MAC, which is a much smaller conference that doesn't get nearly as much attention. She's at Georgia now, hasn't even technically competed yet because obviously it's not season. And she's already had like sponsored posts on Instagram. Oh, did she really? Yeah. She, I had no idea. It was for. Uh, well, I knew she went. I knew she was going to Georgia, but I didn't know about that she already had some it. It's for some. I don't know what it's called. And I don't. I'm not gonna look it up right now. But it's for some like college recruiting app. It like helps athletes get recruited. It's like a profile oh, okay. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's like, like instantly. But there you go. Right. She goes to Georgia and, she, and her boom, stock she has a deal. Yeah. yeah. She wouldn't have got that at Ball State most likely. Yeah. So it's just something to think about. Um, and I think it's interesting the number of athletes that are going to Georgia now. Josie Anthony, which granted she's from Kentucky, so she's just transferring from SEC school to SEC school. But, but that was her dream school. Yeah. Who else is transferring in there? Oh. Vanessa Denise from Oklahoma. Yep. I think I think that's how you say her last name. It's either Denise or Denise. I think it's Denise. Um, yeah. Leaving Oklahoma where she could be... I mean, she, what, she is a national champion now. She's going into her senior season. And now she she'll be have... a national champion again next year. But she's going to Georgia where not only she can contribute more, but also get more opportunities. Yeah. So, yeah. It's something for uh, people to think about. It's something that college recruits are definitely thinking about when they're making their choice and something that these other teams that aren't in the SEC are going to have to think about and take into consideration and try to make some changes if they want to stay competitive in the recruiting aspect because, yeah, it's something that we've never had to face before. Yeah. But I think we're going to see going forward that a lot of athletes are really going to be eyeing the SEC and only looking at the SEC because of the opportunities. the money's at. Yeah. Okay, next question. Do you both work for Inside Gym? So... No. Nope. <laughs> I, Ashley, work for Inside Gym. Brittany is what we jokingly say is my momager. <laughs> yes. I'm involved with a lot of the things that Ashley does, but I am not on the staff inside publications. 
I like to help Ashley in any way that I can. Yeah, Brittany gives her input on a lot of the things that I do. I let her read a lot of the stuff that I do before it gets published. I think maybe where people are confused is because of that, the Michigan video that we did. Yeah. I helped with that. Um, not only with like going into the gym and doing the interviews and recording the footage, but also with the editing process. Me and you were like hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Helping each other every step of the way through that. Um, Brittany is a great deal of help with a lot of things I do. Even when I was at NCAA championships, I was sending Brittany the videos that I was getting at podium training and she was compiling it all into a video, putting the inside gym logo on it and sending it back to me so I could post it like live updates because the service in the arena was so bad that I, I, I just couldn't do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brittany was in the hotel in Texas <laughs> while I was down on the floor at podium training and she was helping me out and Obviously, no one expects her to do that. Like, I just like to help you. Yeah. Um, and I love gymnastics, and I love inside gymnastics, and I think you guys do amazing work, and Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so Brittany doesn't work there, but she's my sidekick for sure. And then, of course, obviously, inside publications, it's more than just inside gymnastics. There's inside dance, and there's inside cheer as well. So I basically, the same things that I do for gym, I also do it for the other publications, but obviously you just hear about the gymnastics one here because this is a gymnastics podcast. Um, do you want to tell the people what you do, Brett? Yeah, I feel like, I don't know if I've mentioned it in the past. I think I mentioned before that I had worked in foster care previously, but I don't do that anymore. Um, Actually, real quickly, let me interrupt. I also have another, I have a part-time job. I also work in foster care currently. Yes. So I, I balance like magazine life with foster care. And I used to be a foster care worker. That was really, really stressful. Um, So when we moved to Ann Arbor, I switched jobs, um, not only to get something that was closer and more local to where I was going to be living, but also I think I just needed a switch mentally because child welfare is a really hard world to work in in general. But Child welfare is a beast. It is. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't understand. Um, right now what I'm doing, I think has, um, I feel like it's more impactful. I feel like I'm making a difference in kids' lives, which I think ultimately helps to, that's what helps keep me going. It doesn't have as much of a negative feel to it as foster care did. So right now I am, my position is called adoption resource consultant. And what I do is children who have been in the foster care system for over a year without what we call permanent placement, which basically means without being adopted. My job is to work with that kid and kind of look at their circle to help them reestablish connections with either long lost relatives, um, fictive kin, people who, you know, may have known the kid in the past, whether it was a teacher or a neighbor. Like, I look for connections to that kid's past to try and find somebody who would be willing to either adopt, take placement, may know somebody who is interested in, you know, wanting to continue or reestablish a relationship with with this kid so yeah I, I do a lot of adoption recruitment I do a lot of contacting like birth parents um, relatives like I said I find it really important to get things like photos um, just anything that, that kid can hold on to from their past because a lot of these kids unfortunately they spend like almost their whole life in foster care and so not only do they lose those connections but they lose that sense of like who they even are they don't know who they are because you know they're taken into foster care obviously depending on the case but sometimes 
two, three, four, five years old, um, and they stay in the foster care system because there aren't a whole lot of people out there that are willing to adopt children from the foster care system, especially as they grow into teenagers and if they have a lot of trauma and behavioral problems. So I guess long story short, um, my job is to help recruit for those kids and help them make those connections to their past and so they can understand not only who they are as a person but what their family history is and have little pieces of that to take with them into the future and Brittany is very good at her job might i add thank you i appreciate that next question is how are you doing mentally right now <laughs> oh <laughs> that's a loaded question um i would say i'm okay I, I feel like i'm happy with my job and where i'm at in life right now and yeah. sure i have moments but um I would say overall I'm I'm okay I think it varies day by day I think there's some days where I'm like life is great and there's some days where you know I just struggle a little bit I think this week though for the most part has been well I actually feel like a lot did happen (laughs) a lot of a lot of stuff went down this week um but I feel good today. Okay, so Brittany's not answering for how she is right now like in general she's just saying today which is fine she's probably that is well today is right now is it not yeah, true, because I guess you can't really say, like... I'm like, why are you throwing shade at me? That's I'm, I am answering the question. <laughs> well, like, are you in a general state of goodness? I never am. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. This, um, this is going downhill. No, I think that's totally fine, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, just messing with I'm, you. I'm good right now, and so, like, that's, that's all that matters, you know? Sometimes you're good. Sometimes you're not. That's life. Sometimes you feel like, like a nut. nut. Sometimes, sometimes you don't. don't. What is that from? Almond joys have nuts. And mounds don't. Is that really what it is? Yeah. Okay. I knew the song, but I didn't know where it was from. (laughs) Anyways, yeah. Um, Thank you for asking. Yeah, thank you. I think that's, you know, sometimes we just get gymnastics questions, but, you know, we like to... Sometimes we like to be personal, and we want you guys to know us, and... Thank you for caring to know how we are. Yes. How are you? (laughs) You're anonymous, so we don't know who you are, but (laughs) thank you for asking. We appreciate you, and we hope that... We hope that you're doing well. So the next question, we had two people ask this, and it is, can you give us your 2022 World's USA team predictions before the main part of the season begins? So like classics and championships and all that. Yeah. So I think a lot can still happen between now and then. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, this is what I have. Connor McLean, because she looked good at Winter Cup. Obviously, she won. Um, I think that she is finally hitting her stride. I think that, like we said before in the very beginning, I think she's just going to continue to get better and better. Um, really looking to see what she's going to upgrade that bar dismount to, because I do think that with the amount of depth that the USA has right now, I do think that if there's any area that they're weak, personally, I think it's on bars. And so I do think it's important for Connor to have, she has a good line on an even bars, but I really think that dismount is kind of potentially has room to hold her back if she doesn't get that figured out but I have faith that she will get it figured out yeah. so that's kind of my thought on Connor McLean but I have her on my team I also have Sky Blakely she was second all around at the Winter Cup um she posted recently a beautiful open full twisting double layout yeah, and, really, and it was on the floor so it's not just something that she's like working into the pit like she's ready to put it in competition. and really has a straight body position throughout which yeah. is something we don't always see you kind of see people with closed hips or piking down mm-hmm. she's a she, phenomenal all-arounder um Super excited to see what she does this season. And yes, I have her on my team. I also have Leanne Juan. 
Uh, we mentioned before, just wrapped up NCAA season. Um, she did phenomenal at Worlds last year, second all around. You know, I think this is a relatively young and inexperienced field because it, that's how it always is a year or two after the Olympics. But um, Leanne, we know she can hit under pressure and I think she's a solid option on all four events. So I think she's a no-brainer for the team. And then I have... Jordan Childs and Jade Carey on my team as well. Obviously, we haven't seen them on the elite stage since the Olympics, but because they've been doing NCAA, it's only a matter of adding in that difficulty back into their routines. Which not they're so already much, doing. Yes, it's not so much them having to like get back into shape. Like they've been well, and also the thing is with them in college, they were doing a decent amount of their difficulty already. Right. Jade was doing a double double on floor. She's doing a Yurchenko double on vault. Which is still competitive, obviously. It's not the Aminar, but it's still competitive right. routines on the elite stage, of course having to add in a little bit to make sure that she's getting all the connections and things that she needs for her start value, but um, and same with Jordan Childs. I think that they're already in great routine shape. It's just a matter of adding back in some of that difficulty. And I think that their transition back to elite will be relatively smooth. Mm-hmm. I also have two potential alternates that I want to mention. Um, Jocelyn Robertson. <laughs> I want her to make the team so badly. Um, and I think that she totally can. She just needs to make sure that in these next coming months, every opportunity that she's getting, she's hitting because that's something that we haven't always seen from her. Like we mentioned in the past, a little bit inconsistent at times, but also is working so many incredible, exciting upgrades. Um, we saw a video of her doing a pike double Arabian. She has the layout step out back handspring layout two feet on beam, which is like sick <laughs> on, oh it's like, so good when she connects it i can't yeah like my brain just can't even fathom how incredible it is um and she's so just rock solid and sturdy that oh my god if she becomes a consistency queen you better watch out that's all i'm gonna say and then i also have charlotte booth she's a first year senior okay. also one of the most difficult bar routines being done in the u.s right now um i want to see more from her so that's why i don't have her on my team yet but i also think she's very much in the mix because um you know she has like i said one of the best bar routines and i think that's an area where the u.s is weak especially the teams that i keep putting together <laughs> i don't really include a lot of bar workers yeah so charlotte booth Okay. Definitely a, a, a in the mix for me, I would say. So for me, as far as team, same exact as you. So you nailed it on the head. Um, for an alternate, though, I, or even honestly, it has a very strong shot at making the team. But I just think that with all of the returning Olympians and the ones that have kind of been more in the mix for a longer period of time, I guess you could say. I don't know. It's going to be... It's going to be a fight to make the team, but I think she has a shot, is Caitlin John. Good one. She is the junior national all-around champion. Uh, obviously, all-around. She also won bars last year, and she also won the Pan Am Games and the Pan Am Championship. She won numerous gold medals there. She was fifth all-around at Winter Cup, mm-hmm. so I, I think she's in the mix. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And again, you, you have these... First-year seniors, they're coming out of the junior ranks. Not a whole lot of exposure or eyes on them. You have the embassy broadcast that ignores them and pretends like they don't exist. Yeah, but they're like silently killing it. Right. So you can't forget about her. So she's definitely in the mix, and we recognize that. And I wouldn't be surprised if she found her way onto that team. Also, MJ Frazier. Yeah. She's somebody that... Um, I really, really want to see, I think, again, a little bit repetitive, but there's just so much going on with the USA Gymnastics. So much talent that 
you really have to almost be that total package to be one of those, you know, top five, essentially. But MJ has a lot that she can bring to the table. I think that she's a phenomenal on floor. I love her beam work, especially at Wintercup. She had a beautiful beam routine at Wintercup. I just, yeah, I really think that she can contribute to the team in a lot of ways. And I think that she's somebody else that we definitely shouldn't count out. We want to hear from you guys. So let us know what your thoughts are for really anything that we talked about today. But um, before, you know, heading into the upcoming elite season, what are your thoughts on the world's team for this year? And also for the 2024 Olympics, we'd love to hear your predictions on that as well. No, it's really, really early. So it's hard to (laughs) really make an accurate prediction, but it's always fun to look back and see how right or wrong you were. So we have a history of being kind of wrong. Not just kind of, we're like really wrong, but that's okay. We embrace it. (laughs) So yeah, uh, send us a DM. We are All Things Gym Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can send us an email if that's more your style. We're allthingsgympod at gmail.com. That is it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Next week, we are going to be back with another interview. We're not going to share who it is just yet, but if you're a gold or silver level Patreon supporter, you can go check out the Patreon app to see who it is and submit questions. But we are super, super excited to have this guest on. She is honestly one of the best level 10 gymnasts in the country. She just finished up her level 10 season with a win at the DP National Championships. So we are really excited to talk about that and so much more with her in our interview next week. But in the meantime, we hope you guys are having a great week and we will talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye.